KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Hey, good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, August 9th. SDPD denies more U visa requests than other local law enforcement agencies. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. SeaWorld is disputing claims that whales were attacking each other in a cell phone video released by PETA on Friday. The park says the video shows normal orca behavior known as rake marking. That's when one whale runs its teeth over the skin of another. Dr. Christopher Dold is SeaWorld's head veterinarian. He explained the behavior in an interview SeaWorld posted online in 2015. All toothed whales and dolphins rake each other. A day before the video was released, a whale named Nakai died of an infection at the park. The two incidents are not related. Some good news for beachgoers. You can again head into the water in Imperial Beach and along Silver Strand State Beach in Coronado. The IB shoreline was previously closed and there was previously a warning regarding water quality along the Silver Strand. Both were lifted on Sunday. Some areas in San Diego are being asked to reduce water usage until further notice. While about 600 Terra Santa residents are being asked to boil their water due to low water pressure, the notice was issued as a precaution following a water transmission line breaking over the weekend. Because of the low pressure issues, customers in Bay Park, Claremont, Kearney Mesa, Linda Vista and Terra Santa are being asked to reduce their water usage to only critical needs. That includes cooking and drinking, but not watering lawns or washing clothes. Water pressure is expected to be restored by the end of the week. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The U-Visa is a special visa specifically for immigrants who are victims of crimes in the U.S. But police departments play a key role in granting the visas. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis says some departments are more likely to help than others. The U-Visa was created in 2008 to encourage undocumented immigrants to report crimes to the police. In exchange for their cooperation, undocumented immigrants who are victims of certain crimes can get a visa and a work permit. Paula Gonzalez is an immigration attorney who's been helping people get U visas since they first became available. It's supposed to give some kind of reassurance for people who are undocumented that they can report a crime. 
but advocates say that a person's chances of actually getting a U visa depend way too much on where the crime occurred and not enough on whether they deserve one or not. A big reason for this is the role police agencies play in the process. To apply for a U visa, applicants first need to get a certification form signed by a local police department. This form verifies that a crime took place and that the applicant cooperated with the investigation. They're just one step on this. They're not making the decision on the U visa, but it is a requirement for the U visa. If you don't have a certification, you're not going to get a U visa. Tessa Cabrera is an immigration attorney who's been helping people apply for the U visa since 2016. She says that police departments have way too much influence over the application process. They essentially hold all the cards as far as the first step goes. Without step one, there's no step two. Cabrera has noticed that the San Diego Police Department denies more certification requests than other jurisdictions. I mean, I think generally there's just been a more noticeable uptick in denial rates from SDPD. It does seem like SDPD is an outlier as far as the other agencies in San Diego. Data requested under the California Public Records Act shows that SDPD has a higher certification denial rate than any other law enforcement agency in the county. Between 2017 and 2020, SDPD denied 40% of certification requests the agency processed. During the same time period, the Chula Vista Police Department denied just 18%, and the San Diego County Sheriff's Department denied 21%. But why? Cabrera says that it has something to do with SDPD's record retention policy. Most recently, we had a case denied because SCPD said they could not verify the victim's level of helpfulness and cooperation with the investigation solely based on the fact that their report had been purged. That specific case was from a domestic violence incident in 2001, seven years before the U visa was first offered. SDPD denied an original request because the case records had been purged. So Cabrera found court records showing that her client had filed a temporary restraining order after talking with the police. SDPD still denied the certification request. Without the U visa, that woman had virtually no chance of getting legal status in the U.S. It just kind of returns her to living under the shadows. SDPD Captain Jeff Jordan says that the department keeps records from as far back as 2004. That's when they switched from a paper system to a computer system. He says the main reason why most applicants get denied is because people fill them out incorrectly or they just don't provide enough documentation. People should be aware, and I hope the story conveys that, that these packets have to be complete. We, they have to have the appropriate documentation. And there is some level of responsibility for folks to provide these documents. Jordan believes that SDPD's high denial rate is largely due to the fact that the department receives multiple applications from the same individuals and they get rejected over and over again. If they're not complete, it's going to lead to multiple denials. I think sometimes within our agency, we're documenting those each time they're denied. Cabrera says it's unreasonable to expect immigrant crime victims to hold on to police records dating back 20 years. I mean, I think it sends a pretty demoralizing message, honestly, because, and specifically in this case, she was a victim in 2001. The U visa wasn't even an option at that point. So, you know, when she comes forward, then she, it's just simply too late, you know, and she, she didn't know she needed to go to SDPD and request a copy of her police report to make sure she kept it for 21 years in order to get to this point, you know. Jordan says that SDPD will start putting more information about the U visa on the department's website. The information will include a list of qualifying crimes and what kind of documentation officers are looking for. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. Cal Fire San Diego is keeping an eye on the weather as possible thunderstorms have the potential to spark fires. 
KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more. Cal Fire San Diego County Captain Thomas Schutz says most fuel moistures are now at critical levels. That's going to make the fire behavior more explosive. Schutz says that lately the weather has been humid, but they're still monitoring the potential for thunderstorms closely. But so far, the effects seem positive. If the lightning does strike and start a fire, the moisture helps keep that fire at bay. Schutz says it's never too late to clear dry brush and remove anything that's up against your home that poses an extra fire danger, with one exception. A caveat with that is absolutely any kind of mechanized clearing outside, anything that could start a fire this time of year has a lot greater potential to do so. We saw two fires um, in a two-week period in Ramona, um, both started by somebody who was out there trying to clear the property and do the right thing, and that fire ended up taking off on them. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Homelessness can't be tackled by a single organization. That's why Interfaith Community Services and Neighborhood Healthcare says they joined forces to put on a health care fair for people experiencing homelessness on Monday in Escondido. Dr. Rakesh Patel is the CEO of Neighborhood Healthcare. When we think about health care, what we know is that we need to fix housing, food, other issues that at Neighborhood Healthcare, we're not the best at doing that. But when we partner with someone like Interfaith, we can start to address those things. And on our end, we bring medical services, behavioral health services, podiatry services. So really filling in this complete picture to take care of our patients. 150 people attended the fair on Monday, where they were able to get clothing, showers, haircuts, dental services, and information on health insurance. Patel says healthcare fairs like yesterday's help build trust with the community and supportive organizations. Interfaith Community Services will host another healthcare fair next year. It's been years since the military lifted the ban on gay and lesbian troops serving openly, but veterans kicked out under the ban are still on their own to clear their names. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has the story. Teresa Hogan was discharged from the Navy in 1980 after she confided in another sailor that she was attracted to a civilian woman. Recently, the Veteran Law Project at USD helped her upgrade her discharge. I don't even have dog tags. I don't have anything. And the thing is, too, my dad died last year before this happened. I can't even tell him. He didn't talk to me for so long. My brothers disowned me for so long. Though the ban on gay, lesbian, and bisexual troops serving in the military ended in 2011, veterans still have to go through the process of upgrading their own discharge. Hogan says the decision to pursue the upgrade changed her life. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. Coming up, the window to apply for college loan forgiveness is closing soon. We'll tell you about the program and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by 
UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. There is an important reminder that could save you from paying off thousands of dollars in student loans. A temporary waiver to the Federal Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program will run out in just two months. The waiver allows anyone working in the public sector for 10 years to have the remainder of their college loans canceled after that. The program was supposed to begin in 2017, but was cut short by the Trump administration. California and other state attorneys general sued to reinstate the program and won. The window to apply for the loan forgiveness is closing quickly, according to Attorney General Rob Bonta. We must ensure every public sector employee, from teachers to firefighters, nonprofit administrators to state employees, knows about the public service loan forgiveness waiver period before it closes on October 31st. In order to qualify, you must apply before the Halloween deadline. You can start the process by going online to www. Dot CaliforniaBorrowers.org. And before you go, we have some news of our own to tell you about. After nearly a year-long search, KPBS has a new news director who will lead our newsroom of 45 journalists and editors. Terrence Shepard started in the role yesterday. He was previously the news director of a public radio and TV station in Florida. He joined KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh to introduce himself and talk about his plans for the station. You have an eclectic background for a news director. You originally trained for a business career. What made you switch gears to news? Well, actually, I was on my high school newspaper and going away to college, I had intended on pursuing journalism, but Economics fascinated me. Um, you can apply economics to just about any aspect of life, the key elements being scarcity, choice, and cost. And that can be applied to anything you can think of. And so I majored in economics. After college, I worked in the commodity brokerage business for a few years, but I was not fulfilled. And so it just so happened that after a while, I saw an opening for a part time sports clerk at a local newspaper called the Boca Raton News. And so I worked the brokerage at the daytime, went in at the Boca News from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. and did the sports thing. It's basically a clerk job. It's the bottom of the barrel, the job no one else wants. They hired me. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, I like this environment uh, and commodities. The markets are driven by technical analysis, but also the news plays a big role in commodity prices. So I've always been a news hound. So the transition from that to journalism was pretty easy because it's all I have this interest in what people are doing, what makes things click. Um, I'm majoring in economics and I got an MBA just because I'm fascinated by the way people go about making money. It's interesting how people can do it in a sustainable manner and how can they they can do it by just making a quick buck. And the quick bucks tend to crash and and burn or damage uh, society. And what interested you in applying for the KPBS news director's position all the way across the country? A KPBS has a prominent television presence as well as radio and digital. 
And so that's a challenge. Um, yes, the number differential is a challenge. Um, I was talking to my cousin who lives in Lake Elsinore. And he said, boy, when you do cross-country moves, you, you, you move. You don't just move to the next county. So I, I lived in, I was living in the Bay Area. And I moved to Miami. And so Miami to San Diego is, is, is following a similar pattern as when I move, I really move. <laughs> um, you have similarities, uh, different oceans, different climate, um, some of the same issues with immigration. The immigrant narrative is important here. Um, development and growth is important here, I know. Uh, fantastic lifestyle I've seen. Everyone has said this is a great place to live. What's your philosophy, Terrence, about the news director's position? How should he or she go about helping to direct and focus the work of reporters and staff? So the news director is a focuser. He focuses staff on the best topics. He helps make decisions um, because everyone is bombarded by information. Everyone wants to do everything pretty much, but that's not possible. But the news director needs to focus the staff on the highest priority, the most important issues, stories, segments, uh, digital build-outs, and service of the community. So the, the news director is a traffic director, part therapist, um, part person who makes decisions. Can you share any of your big plans for the station? Right now, I plan to do a lot of listening. Um, I want to listen and hear from you and other staffers about KPBS, about San Diego. I want to learn the community as, as quickly as possible so that I can get ramped up. Uh, the big plans, I say, would be to help you suss out what exactly is that story that KPBS can own. And also, what are the sense of place elements that exist in San Diego? In other words, what are the stories, what are the segments what are the maybe a line in the story or some audio or a visual that connects with the audience that says KPBS really knows us because they talked about X, they, they showed Y, they had audio from this thing. So those are my two big overarching goals to help you figure out the sense of place issue and to figure out which stories you can own. That was KPBS News Director Terrence Shepard speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Maureen Cavanaugh. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.